0: Good afternoon everyone, hope you're good, this is Jack Chew for Chewing It Over, weekdays at 12.30 till 1 o'clock, hope you're well, those that are tuning in live, but also if you don't find it easy enough to to get us live, it doesn't matter, these things are available wherever we're casting them, after the fact as a video, but also on audio as well, if you prefer to listen to this on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast, we try to put it up fairly soon after the live show, so if you're on your commute and you'd prefer it as audio and stuff, save your streaming video, then... Please just uh, have a little look and you'll find chewing it over wherever you get your podcasts. This is an episode that's been on the list to do for a little while, but have been pushed over by a few um, times where these discussions occurred uh, across social media again. And uh, it just seems smart for us to discuss it, which is a bit about how essentially the uh, discussions around professional issues, etc. Um, I think sometimes it is suggested that to air our dirty laundry or to talk sometimes it's accused that any discussion of uh, critique or criticism around practice behaviors around policies around um, state of play in the industry is seen as somehow talking the professions or or professionals or the industry down and so it often comes back around and that can manifest in various different ways and and most recently I think the sort of thing that's brought this to the top of the list of things that we might discuss is that there's been times whereby someone has, and I'll, I'll give some examples more recently, but whereby someone said, "This is a, a patient that's presented, telling me of this story, and you know, there's a style of practice that's been occurring or a tale that's been told to that patient that I disagree with, and therefore we've had to move them on, um, which is which is what they're describing as being a problem." Um, and so then the there seems to be a big divide between people saying, "Oh my God, that's a scandal," and then others that are then saying, "Actually." Um, you know, leave it alone, you don't know enough about the circumstance or who are you to judge what has come before uh, and therefore you don't. if you don't know ex- exactly the context of which that was delivered, then you know, who are you to critique? Um, and so I want to weigh in on that issue and uh, admit where I stand on it and, uh, and see what your thoughts are too. So thanks for those that are going to get involved, I know what, you like, what I like, you will weigh in with your comments and commentary, no doubt, and I'm really keen to find out more. Thankfully, my mate Alistair Beverly's told me he's getting me loud and clear to calm my tech nerves. Yeah, I've been trying to not open every episode with my paranoia about whether you can hear me or not. As you might notice, I've got a pop filter on this microphone. I'm trying to come into it laterally. Uh, I've had some advice from a sound engineer uh, that's told me that I've been gobbling my mic up and that I've been making some mistakes. And that some of the reasons why the variable sound is because bad mic discipline for me. So I'm trying to keep myself still and stop being so animated and moving away from the microphone too much. So I'm going to see if I can tolerate this. And see if it, 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 I mean, I don't know. Does that look weird? Does it look like I'm like cuddling up to this thing? I'm not sure. I'm trying to get used to it. I've done a couple of podcasts this morning, um, and so uh, hopefully this behaves itself. Question I want to ask you guys uh, before I just quickly close the, the chat function for a second so that I don't get too distracted by uh, your comments and commentary and heckles. Uh, I want to ask you guys as to whether or not you feel you know what your take is on that matter. You know, when when people start discussing uh, styles of practice, etc., um, then you know does that does that bother you is it something you see as being an issue um is it airing dirty laundry is it some of the time it gets out of hand but most of the time it's okay um and i think that's where um i want to know your thoughts you know is it something that you feel actually all of this should be done in private do you think that there is some upside in it being done publicly um do you think it gets heated more often than not or is it that actually it's the fringe that only now and again it gets pissy what you take Um, and I'm not by the way suggesting that whatever you take might be you might have us at the center of that mistake or you might think we're part of the solution or part of the problem I don't really mind trust me thick skinned on this stuff and I promise you we're pretty well thought out on it i have been doing this for quite a while and so I'm uh, all ears to what you guys think um Philippa It is I think she meaning it is. We can see your face better, unclear, Philippa, as to whether that's you're proposing that as being a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know, uh, especially a bit unkempt. I forgot to have a shave this morning, it's a bit clumsy. Uh, we've got Facebook user has said yes now. That means you're joining this from a Facebook group that this has been cast into, um, and therefore, if you want to uh, show yourself, uh, then you need to. You need to click on the link I've just posted. Uh, you need to go to chat.restream.io forward slash Facebook and, and grant permission. Uh, because otherwise it comes up like this. It just says Facebook use it, depersonalizes it. Not really, the mic is good. So hopefully it's all working okay. And thank you for your uh, feedback. Appreciate it. Um Philippa's then clarified, very kind of, as she said, it's good. She's not meaning that it shows my face and therefore that's a bad thing. That would be a heavy heckle uh, from uh, from Philippa, although, of course, I'd be all right with it. I'm kind of used to that as well. So where do you guys stand? I'm going to close the comments for a second, but please weigh in. Really, really keen and I will revisit them in a second, but I'm just going to hide them from my view just so that I don't get too distracted from them. But I'm going to come back to them. What's your take on this matter? What do you think about whether or not professional critique, criticism, um, some of the discussions that occur over styles of practice, policy, uh, where we're at as an industry, um, you know, how, how we should position ourselves, all of those sorts of things that occur in the MSK industry and in healthcare in general even. Is that the sort of thing that you're comfortable with how public that is? Is it that inherently to uh, anything that's other than just clapping about and celebrating our successes, anything shy of that, anything that's short of that is only negative? is talking the profession down talking the industry down is 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 to the atmosphere is not good you know I'm hearing I've heard that plenty of times or is it that you feel that actually this is the you know it's a a necessary thing for any maturing profession to move forward on now admittedly that's um, the latter is where I stand on this and why uh, we do the commentary we do through physio matters it over etc therapy life we want to bring these things forward and be as open and transparent about where our failures are as well as our successes Um, but admittedly that's a bias of mine that I'm not saying can't be challenged and I'm, I'm inviting that challenge so let me know so one of the things I wanted to sort of talk about so hopefully I framed that issue and people know what I'm on about there um, but one of the specific uh, clinical context is that when an example when this happens is if there's a particular style of practice that has been delivered or a care uh, modality or whatever it might be that patients had that then come and see a clinician of which then it makes your eyes water. we've all had it whereby it's just it, what they're describing they've had done with them to them what it's been suggested is a is a, the issue that they they have um, and the solution for it is it's in massive contrast to what we think right so we assess them and we discuss it and what has come before, feels like mismanagement in our opinion and then that can be regardless of what it is right regardless of what's come before and regardless of what it is you're proposing there is a disconnect between what another professional has done and what you do and that isn't subtle right sometimes that can be quite overt right it's kind of massive stark contrast to what you do and sometimes that is quite it feels quite affronting it's sort of outrageous you feel um irritated by that often it feels like something that you want to shout about and because of the de- democratization of opinion that has occurred through social media, then you get the ability to do that in various different fora. And for me, that includes now this sort of stuff, right? So if that was something I wanted to get stuck into, I can, and here I am. Now there's two two ways in which this typically goes. If someone wants to do that and wants to share about it and wants to talk about those sorts of issues, be that from a position of outrage, look how ridiculous this is, um, sometimes even wanting to spoof and satirize and mock, Um, certain styles of practice rather than you know individuals but just sort of saying like this is what's happened to me isn't it ridiculous this person um, has told them that their jaw pain is due to a leg length discrepancy um, due to a a, a stiffness of their toe and on the contralateral side and that that's the problem and they therefore sold them this orthotic device to correct for that and told them they needed to come in twice a week for their earlobes tickling right obviously i'm being totally facetious there but you're going to get what i'm meaning is that they they've this is what's happened, and it's ridiculous. And I just wanted to tell you about it because we need to improve this. Right. One or two things happen here, and it rarely is that people end up in between on this, uh, which I think probably is where we will come to. Uh, I think, imagine in a little while. But people then want to weigh in with, you know, oh my God, what's you know, that's just the state of the industry. It's rife and uh, it's a hot mess, and that fundamentally that is representative of most interactions we see. Perhaps some people are just there's this this other type of therapist that aren't thoughtful about things that are just completely nonsense Um, and then there's there's another view which comes in usually pretty strong it doesn't always go in this order but another view that, that then accuses the person that posted it in the first place you don't know how accurate that is you know you're getting you're going off a patient's account of it why would you not trust the professional's judgment over the patient's report of that judgment you've no idea how that that went it will not it'll be nowhere near what you're describing it because that sounds mad or if it was then you've no idea what their rationale was for doing it so regardless of what it was that they did then you should just be back in the professional and the the, those sorts of things just occur and then this clashes right and and both sides of that end up completely moralizing it right straight out the gates you've got some people will then be saying that you know, to not call this stuff out is to perpetuate poor practice, and therefore more people get harmed by this stuff. Right? It's it's unjustifiable nonsense that's we woven in, or dated practice and things like that. People not keeping up to date. And then the other side moralised by saying, you know, in a relativistic way, saying, well, how how on earth would you be able to, you know, you're you're inferring um, by your own standards on a circumstance you don't know that that's therefore where the problem lies, and and that therefore. You know how dare you? You know it's this how dare you ends up being across both both feet, and we and we struggle to talk a, a similar language there. Now, where I where I take issue and where I've reflected on this probably more than any other topic, I'd say over the course of the years. You know, because a lot of this stuff, you know, there's been, but well, the majority of of work we've done is always proposing solutions to current clinical conundrums, right? Be that clinical policy, all sorts of different things, professional issues, but. Within it, we've always been pretty open to not just champion the good, right? But also to critique the bad. And then by critiquing the bad, you then have people that then recognize themselves or their styles or their history, or their their teachers or their people they're fans of, they recognize themselves in that critique and they they can get, you know sometimes uh, it confronts them in a a good way and that might change reforms, or it might also then invite them to to challenge what we've been saying. But also sometimes that's just like, people put their defenses up and and that can be a a downside of it. But admittedly, that's where my bias lies is that you've kind of everything we've done and created through PhysioMatters and Therapy Live and and MSKR and all the sorts of stuff I've been involved with has always involved this sort of balancing that between proposing and pitching best practice and the good but it's also not shied away from saying these are the things that we don't think are acceptable when it comes to contemporary practice and we want to therefore improve things and the way that we typically do that would be to talk about them, right so it's not about us saying right let's lobby for those things to be banned let's let's suggest that these people shouldn't be allowed to practice typically what it is we'll, we'll sort of talk about it and, and I always say get all the cards on the table that's our approach to it so when I say um, it's not about calling out as a means of trying to d- dismiss But it's definitely something whereby when there's something that feels like it's a long way away from what we think is smart and what certainly the uh, contemporary practice should be based on uh, sensible uh, application of evidence by that i don't mean necessarily just narrow research evidence but i mean sort of mechanism understanding the mechanisms of effective interventions uh, putting that into a patient-centered biopsychosocial philosophy and trying to apply a sensible holistic approach to understanding that these things are not as monocausal as we thought and what I mean by that is that there's, there aren't these sort of pathways uh, of care delivery or that okay you test it the muscle's short you therefore give them stretches and massage it so that that muscle is therefore longer so that they move better and their postures better and therefore it hurts less in X body part right it's just that unfortunately things are, are more interconnected and more complex than that and, and we know that pain isn't isn't uh, quite as uh, well-behaving of that in, in a sense that, that that's this cause and effect model. Or where you can you can truly infer cause from correlations that you might find from your clinical assessment, there are circumstances where sometimes things are more simple, but more generally in MSK we've kind of come to realize that we've been kind of been humbled by that a little bit. And so I always say that, that we've always been pretty comfortable with uh, some of that what's considered to be calling out. Now, More often than not, that's, that's not individuals, that's ideas, but ideas are often perpetuated by individuals and sometimes these things can be seen as a bit more personal than they're meant to be. But because that's my bias I do admit that the issue I take with people then saying well who are you to suggest that that's wrong you've no idea of the individual context of which that that care was delivered and therefore they might have been completely justified and regardless of what the modality is then then uh, how dare you and that's usually the moralizing that's occurring there um, and why not just trust the therapist they, they know about this better than you do. There's no robustness of standards that, that I think that can reassure me that that therapist is going to be there for well trained, completely uh, squeaky clean on the ethics, as well as then applying a best practice approach as standard, and that actually any present any representation of their care delivery is purely a misrepresentation for it to look silly, right? That that feels totally naive to me, and that is sometimes what is claimed, right? People that want to offer this fawning defence of whatever it might be that's being reported. And I mentioned something silly there with jaw pain and and, and leg length discrepancies. Not far from the truth as to what we see in clinic a lot of the time, right? Especially because we do a lot of second opinion work. We're seeing people, we've seen many different people. There's some fanciful theories that get applied. And uh, fundamentally, if we were to just be, what I would think would be so naive as to say, well, you know, who are we to challenge that maybe when they saw them that was certainly a really relevant causal variable and stuff it's like well, no, I think that that's a that's someone that's been misguided. And then accidentally, despite being well meaning has misled a patient and therefore they've gone on a route of which has only perpetuated the the, the pains and, and issues that they're having. Uh, that is not that's not going to help them and i'm happy to talk about that i've been to talk about it. and it's in its individual cases are relevant, but when. You, when there's something that's been um, not attributed to an, a specific case like so there's no there's no patient been identified there's no therapist that's been specifically identified there's just a story being told about people and isn't it funny that this person had this care and that seems a bit dated to me amazing that it perpetuated over this duration of time and there's been some examples that have emerged on, on various different before uh, there's been some stuff on twitter but then recently as well on facebook whereby someone said that this here's a here's this Um, electrotherapy modality that's been applied um, and a therapist had retired from what I understood and and this one was interesting and one of the things that sort of pushed this up the list for me was because completely coincidentally there's a therapist saying I've seen a patient who used to see this retired therapist locally who's now now that they've retired I'm seeing some of their patients and they used to do just this um, particular I think it was um was an interferential pulse shortwave or something and used to just uh lie several patients on the uh, on the on the couch and, and and just deliver that as a pain relieving modality and, and never really got into any rehab they don't really have any comprehension of the their condition or how to manage it or how to engage with the world in a more active way or anything like that and so this therapist was saying like well you know it's a, this is this is a circumstance i found myself in and they were and then we had the same reaction some some were then like scan you know found it to be a scandal and were outraged um, and then some were were sort of Sort of suggesting how dare you and, and, what, and what, what you, you don't know the whole story. or well, there's not enough there for you to judge. Um, What was interesting about it is that it happened to be of a locality of which I grew up. So I don't live there anymore, right? But this is something that was uh, interestingly personal for me because just coincidentally, that's an area of which the, the quality of the therapist that might see my friends and family um, for their sore bits, I want them to not be full of shit and fundamentally when I saw what was being suggested as to what happened and I I didn't read it and think well that seems mad as in I've never known a therapist do that or behave that way right it wasn't someone saying you know that this this was um, a therapist that was just outright abusing patients or doing something completely crazy like not not touching them not giving them any rehab at all just reading their horoscope and then telling them to go away and this physio has been doing something that you know that sort of made me realize that I've never heard of something so preposterous it was a completely standard style of practice that I've admittedly is dated but it's also completely feasible there was nothing of the story that made me think well that sounds like nonsense it's 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 something that's totally feasible and when I think about well would I want any of my loved ones um going and seeing that that therapist then it's a completely reasonable thing for any other professional to say I think this starter care is something I don't agree with. So then when they do so, the the, the fascinating thing is, is that conversation taboo to have in public? Is thats is that what is being suggested? So when someone wants to challenge it, whether they're right or wrong, by the way, right, so it might turn out that this said retired therapist is totally in the right, it's the most sensible thing for them to do. That's not really the point, is that someone disagrees with it. So when they disagree with it, is it being suggested that any given individual shouldn't challenge that behavior or shouldn't articulate their position as to why they disagree? Right. In this instance, you know, the the, the key key claim was, you know, there's absolutely no reason for people to use modalities or, or I'm quite hands-on myself from what I recall. And someone had then just shared that, but it seemed remiss that someone else wasn't given some rehab or comprehension of the problem i'm, I'm paraphrasing and, and by the way it's not obsessing over this example this example was just something that admittedly personalized it to me because of the locality but it comes up all the time and what what seems to be inherent to those that are sort of clutching at the at the, the notion that this is improper unprofessional is twofold one is that that this is something that shouldn't be had out publicly and that there's something that therefore talks the profession down because no other profession does it. I'll come back to that, but they bloody do. But the second thing is that actually this shouldn't be had out full stop. That it's only if you were in really close contact with the specific context of every single case, only then could you be qualified to judge. And, and that seems super fanciful. The public conversation, you know, I can, I can understand why people are concerned about it. And to give it some credence, like done badly, if, if imagine that it was a um, that the world was it was to be broadcast really widely, and that every person uh, in the in the country were to know that there's massive tribal turf wars going on across the MSK industry. And yeah, it's messy. I think that's a bit overblown. And I think that even when stuff's done publicly, it's you know it's rare that, that 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 many patients are going to be seeing it. And if they did, you know, most of it's professional. I would argue. But then, on the flip side, is that should it be discussed at all? I think that's part of what the problem is. I think that one of the reasons why these things have been able to perpetuate is because there's absolutely anything goes. Right? There's no, there's no formalized. Um, regulation of this sort of behaviour, that there really is, it has been down to just professionals behaving professionally, and that fundamentally we are unaccountable in, in, in every which way, apart from to each other. And so as in time, democratization through social media of conversation and opinion means that we're now a bit more accountable to each other, or that there might be an opportunity in which a fellow professional that disagrees might engage someone critically and with a critique of their style of practice. That's the only sort of peer regulation we've ended up having. And so, as that's come to the fore, some people who essentially, I would argue, want to go about practice unquestioned, um, they are irritated by it. Now, to give credit to those that aren't necessarily coming from that point, it's not that they mind being critiqued, they just think it's bad tactically to have that done publicly. This This is the thing that sort of fascinates me, is that when they say other professions don't do it, it's like, are there, you know, sometimes, um, that they wouldn't necessarily see it if they did. Like, where would you go to find out whether or not surveyors are going at each other on on social media about differences? Or, you know, trust me, if you go to like architects and stuff like that, or artists, you know, it's like they, they're at each other all the time. Uh, you just don't know where to look. But the other thing is, if it comes to someone like dentists, is there there is there the equivalent, which is you know a, a, a Profession with a, a sort of somewhat longer tradition or trajectory, or it has some very, you know, quite different standards. And and also, it's, it's sort of um, something that has, because of the sort of safety and procedural and, you know, the amount of infections they deal with and stuff, it's sort of more medicalized and therefore more safety related governance, more pathways and thresholds for, for competence is there equivalence within dentistry in which you've got whole you know, large sections of the dental industry that are doing the equivalent of pulling healthy teeth out as a means of not having to handle them and deal with them right which in msk some would argue it sounds a bit dramatic but some would argue that this this areas of practice that are so wrong and doing some significant harms to patients that that fundamentally it's irresponsible and unethical to not call that out and find a route to be able to call that out or at least have that conversation about whether it's smart to pull teeth like that or the msk equivalent of pulling healthy teeth out and and so when that happens it just doesn't seem to sit well with some people as to say well who are we to sort of critique each other especially not publicly uh, because um it looks bad and it talks the profession down talks the industry down and i just can't i can't find a way to truly comprehend that that mindset in a in a profession and an industry that is going through so many relevant changes in its identity some of the things that have kind of humbled us about what we can and can't do with our hands what influence we can have on people that can be incredibly profound but but for reasons that reasons that are different in mechanism to what we used to think like so it's it's like in the midst of a really deep evolution and there's lots of different isolated pockets and silos of people it's like if we're not using digital interfaces and media, especially at a time where we literally can't meet in person, and having that out sensibly, um, that's what fascinates me. Like, why shouldn't that be being done? And sure, there's going to be mistakes get made, including by me, including by mine. But it's like, why on earth would you not? And I really struggle to comprehend it, because the hard side of this, and I'm going to come to the comments in a a a second, guys. at the heart of it is that you've got this sort of uh, think about first principles in, in in philosophical terms and you think about what, what are the edge cases and it's sort of like the, the anything goes mentality and who are you to decide what's exactly right for the patient is that if you take everything off the table in terms of what might be a, a biologically plausible and evidence-informed is that you end up with homeopathy homeopathy for cancer you end up stopping people and the opportunity cost that comes with that someone not getting chemotherapy because they're going to just give homeopathy a go for 12 weeks and what i'm describing there is far more dramatic than typically what occurs in our industry but the logic supplies similarly. it's like presented with the options then you know you're going to give a naturalistic approach to something is that you know where the evidence needs to at least inform our reasoning is that you end up with those sorts of things happen and it's a dramatic one but it's something that does apply And so if you end up in MSK thinking like, well, who are we to judge? It's up to the patient. And I I think, you know, this is this is a really valuable modality. It's like there's no critical thinking that is applied to your clinical reasoning. And I think that, you know, you end up in a bit of a Wild West situation. And I just don't think it's smart. And therefore, the inability for us to sort of speak openly about our own opinions on each other's practices. Uh, as long as we appropriately depersonalise and uncouple it from patient scenarios and, and identifiable information. For me, that's where the answer lies. I think it's only only good thing that that, that can occur. So thanks so much for those of you who have been commenting. Really appreciate it. Um, Ellen Rees has said, unfortunately, the exchange on social media are often aggressive rather than conducive to open discussion. Yes, I can agree with that. Sometimes they are. I think often I disagree with I just I just I'm, I'm on social media so much it's part of my job which is a weird job that i have and i just disagree that it. it's often i think it's so rarely uh, gets aggressive um i think sometimes there's um you know the, the language could be more heated than it needs to be and sometimes it's clumsy and the text format doesn't help but yeah it's the often bit that i disagree with there ellen i think it actually it's quite it's quite rare. It's incredibly uh, supportive process more often than not on the macro, but unfortunately, yeah, you, if you imagine that even 10% of uh, exchanges become heated, then it, those are going to be the ones that we remember more than the nine out of 10, but yeah, I've been on it a long time and, and and involved in some things, made mistakes myself, been wounded by some things, but generally speaking, it's the often bit, I suppose I disagree with there. Uh, Philippa has said, I think that it's mostly opinion and good to hear opinions. Yeah, I do, you know, slosh him, slosh him about um get get everyone's uh get everyone's uh, opinions out there hi richard he said seems to be a culture in physio where many are very destructive towards each other probably due to competitive nature of personality types could be a better collaboration between physio in terms of philosophy interpretation and evidence of approaches i don't know if he finishes with approaches approaches to clinical reasoning um i've managed to read the rest of that thank you richard um yeah i think like i have just said with ellen i just think it's like Many are. He's, you know, Ellen said often. You've said many. I just, no, I just don't see it. Like I see, I see examples of it, and you can definitely provide me with examples. I could find them myself. But it's like proportionality matters on this. Like if if I look at this MSK and healthcare social media space generally across platforms, which I stream to, by the way, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, all those sort of different places of which you guys are reaching us, is that I just don't. I just think it's many. Like odd person is but but generally speaking what are they doing are they just passionately speaking about modalities of which they don't like or styles of practice they don't like and that how much of that is being intended and how much is it being received is fascinating now could we collaborate better yes absolutely that's what i want to be doing is trying to build bridges there uh, but yeah generally speaking it's like how how often is it you know is it occurring you know it's like how representative of the whole are those sorts of moments Alistair Beverly said, I guess the ones that are usually outliers and therefore not representing the state of the industry at large. I don't post every interaction, otherwise my feed would be boring. Yeah, exactly. You know, sometimes you we are cherry picking. We're cherry picking what we might find interesting or entertaining and stuff. I think that's a really interesting point. And uh, certainly there's others on the threads that are agreeing, including Declan, who's then agreed with uh, Alistair there. It's a great point. My co-host on therapy business matters. We just recorded a brilliant podcast together. I would say that wouldn't I, but yeah, look out for that. But Rob Bevan has just said, I never used to call anything out fear of repercussions. However, if someone is clearly been scared, or he said sacred, and he was originally seen scared or scarred, pressured, or feared, or told downright dangerous information, I'm now happy to call it out. That's the thing, isn't it? It's kind of unethical to not, you know, it's, some things have got to meet a threshold. And I think that the relativism that occurs with some people saying, well, who are we to judge? It's like, well, what's your job to? You know, it's like a, the basics of a Hippocratic author, isn't it? It's to do no harm. And It doesn't just mean you. It's like, well, who am I? You know, have been dramatic here, aren't I? But who am I to call him out? You know, Mr. Shipman does good work. And of course, Harold Shipman was busy plying people unsafely. Now, when you've got safety grounds like that in a ridiculous case, such as Harold Shipman, then I think all of us would feel comfortable calling it out if you suspected something. However, Beyond safety related governance, when it comes to styles of practice and we can understand the, the fact that some people are slower to move on than others. If we don't get the, the, the discussion at least, you know, basically you know, in a professional way, confrontational of, of, people's, of people's sensibilities, then you just don't think we make any progress. Um, so, yeah, I think Rob's got it right there is that, you know, generally we can be cautious, but please, I just think that, that, that the answer is not that we then just back all the way off. Um, so I'm, I'm out of time, but I'm trying to find, um, I'm trying to find a few comments here. I can't, I can't pull them all. Fortunately. I'm sorry. Uh, Declan has said, unfortunately there seems to be some therapists who get offended by it. Yeah. You know, it's stimulating critical thinking or critical appraisal of practice is lacking in many ways. Yeah. I mean, it's something that it's hard to know, like where's that meant to come from? Obviously we want to try and facilitate it in individual people reflecting on their own practice. And that's really challenging. Um, but you know, I think I think it's it's something that really just we've got to we've got to make sure that we don't over moralise either side of it. You know, I said that there's different sides of the argument. Always over moralise it. Like one saying, you know, and and Alice is agreeing with me here. How dare you approach helps no one. Because it's 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 there's no moral high ground between people saying how dare you be perpetuating poor practice based on what I consider poor practice, and then there's people saying, you know, how dare you call anyone out for anything? You know, they are professionals who who can do no wrong. It just feels feels naive either way um Bernadette hi Bernadette she said the homeopathy cancer analogy is perfect and want to use when defending my thoughts which is similar to yours Jack well thanks Bernadette I'm glad we agree on that that's brilliant I'm sorry I can't get to all the comments here and, and uh I probably you know waffled too far uh on my own rantings and musings but anyway it's one o'clock I'm going to uh, abandon ship at that I know that this won't be the last we visit this topic and nor should it be and so thank you so much for dis- participating on this share it where you uh where you can uh, to get this debate going and to make sure we're trying to find a route through because it's important for us to get that balance right it's no point everything being sort of um, overzealous and and too aggressive um uh, as was mentioned you know i don't want the what i'm describing as being i think uh, a minority to, to them be on the ascendancy and for us to be part of that problem uh, but similarly i think that without that uh, without a bit of friction then uh, th- there'd be no fire to fuel the change you know, i think that analogy carries or that metaphor carries but anyway thanks a lot and i'll see you when will i see you it's tuesday tomorrow so i've got probably a guest host on but i'll see you wednesday thanks then. So.